What is up everyone, Dalton here. Before we hop into this episode, I just have a couple quick announcements. First off, thank you for tuning in. The support on the podcast so far has been amazing. We're super excited about the community that we're building here with Move Local. So we cannot wait to continue to grow and meet more amazing people. If you guys aren't following us on Instagram, head over there and follow us, move.local as well as sign up for our newsletter if you want to make sure that you don't miss out on any new releases of episodes, of merchandise, of exciting news that we have coming up for the Move Local community. Head over there, sign up so you do not miss out. You can find that in the bio on Instagram or in the show notes below of this episode. And then lastly, guys, if you've liked or took value from any one of our episodes so far, please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you consume your podcast, subscribe to Move Local, and drop us a review and a rating. It really helps our podcast grow. It helps us get good feedback from you guys, what you want to hear more of, what you want us to improve on, so that we can continue to provide you with the best content possible and grow this amazing community. That is all I have for today. Enjoy this episode of Move Local. Welcome to the Move Local podcast. Our mission is to connect the movers and shakers of the Duntas and Hamilton area who pride themselves on growing a healthier and more connected community. We will do this through having conversations around health, education, entrepreneurship, and much more. We want to be part of helping you move confident, move free, and move local. What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to the Move Local Podcast, brought to you by The Movement. My name's Dalton, and alongside me today is my co-host, Donald Lazar. Don, how we doing? Great. Yeah, we're, we're just in Ontario here, at least. We're getting hit with our false summer or false spring. Yeah. Um, getting a little taste of the nice weather, the green starting to pop up through the, through the snow, and I... Um, I'm here to tell everybody that that winter's not over yet. <laughs> I know you're gonna ruin my my uh, my dreams. It has been nice. Today's such a beautiful day. I want to just get out and and run, which is very relevant to our topic today. But I know you're, the snow is gonna come back. I'm yeah. well aware of it. Yeah, I've been squeak, squeaking out runs whenever I can in this uh, when this weather got nice. So exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking of running, we'll bring on our guest today. So we're doing another interview. This. This week we're interviewing Christina Placecki. She is the she's a running coach. She's a strength and conditioning coach. Um, she hosts Run Dundas, which is a local run club. So we're gonna have her on today to talk about her journey into running and coaching and all that fun stuff and, and all the good things that she does with Run Dundas. So Christina, welcome. Thank you for having me. How uh, how's your day going so far? Really well. Uh, a few clients this morning, and then hopped in the car, parked at the driving park, and walked on over. And almost got my hat blown off, so that's okay. Yeah, that's the one thing. It's been super, super windy out there. Yes, yes. Um, so, you know, before we dive into kind of what you're doing with your clients and all that, I, you know, I'd be curious to hear how you kind of got into this field, you know, whether it be how you got into running or how you got into just coaching. Is that something you've always done? Yeah, so, I mean, I've been an athlete all my life, but I did lots of team sports, so soccer, volleyball, basketball was probably the main one that I did. Um, and then I got into a sort of triathlon um, in my fourth year of university, and I thought, eh, it'd be nice to do a triathlon, something different, it's individual. So I, obviously that comes with running. So then, you know, I, I dabbled in sort of Ironman training, and I did an Ironman, some half Ironmans, and... Um, 
yeah, I just, you know, I saw other people doing the same thing and I thought, well, you know, I think this is a good opportunity for me to learn more about like the exercise physiology stuff about it. Um, and then sort of coach people because people have always said to me that, oh, you're, you're so good at motivating people. Like my friends would always say that growing up and I was like, oh, okay. And then, you know, you start, okay, come on, let's go for a run. And they come for a run, they actually listen to what you're saying. And then you're like, oh, maybe I am good at this. And I think my passion for sport, um, coupled with like my thirst for knowledge and stuff and being able and having that knack for coaching uh, kind of propelled me into the run coaching. And so I, I did uh, the triathlon club, I coached for five years. Um, and then from there, I just sort of started going into people's houses and training them. And then uh, I continued running and doing all that stuff myself. And then I was writing programs for, you know, people that wanted to do an Ironman just based on um, my own research and also some of my schooling that I did. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. I got a job at Momentum for a long time, you know, made some connections there. And then here I am running my own business. So, yeah, it's kind of long and convoluted but it all all the pieces kind of just fell into place and I think it's my love for the sport of running but also sports in general and then me seeing that I can make an impact on people um, and then coupled with some schooling and courses and stuff and then going from there so what, what was your undergrad? What was your schooling? Were you kin or which? which? I did biology at uh, Queens and uh -huh. then I did uh, like exercise physiology at uh, McMaster. Ah, great. Cool. For a master's? Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, nice. Do you think that doing team sports first, like, how did that influence, like, how did that influence you then moving to like a, an individual sport? Um, and then maybe even how did that influence you with regards to your coaching? Um, I think the team sport I got kind of sick of, to be honest. I mm. wanted to do something. It was very. It was a kind of a high pressure situation. Like I did a lot of rep basketball. Uh, the high school that I went to was fantastic. We had really good girls um, sports teams. Like all three of those sports, we actually were pretty decent at. I went to off so many times, and I think um, I wanted to get it out of that and see what I could do on my own. Um, so I, I literally like woke up one day and was like, I want to do a triathlon and do something different. And this is kind of what I do sometimes. So. <laughs> um, and I just started training and yeah. started learning more about it. And yeah, that's how I started with that. It's cool that you commented on like you, you, you were feeling that external pressure. Yeah. Right? You were oh, feeling yeah. it and it was, it was kind of maybe, maybe taking some of the love out of it, out of it for it you. Did. Totally. And, and you were like, well, if I get into one of these individual sports, you know, I put the pressure on myself. I push myself as much as I, as I feel comfortable with, yep. or, you know, so for sure. And, um, what was I going to say? I think at the same time, I wanted the challenge of, you know, can I do this? Sure. You know, can I do this, you know, without getting injured, for example? Um, and what does it feel like? to do something just, you know, for me and, you know, how good can I get, you know, so that sort of thing. So, oh, and the other thing I want to mention, sorry, <laughs> is that uh, when I was a kid, I would watch, um, what's it called, the uh, the Big Adventure Race, they just brought it back. Oh, we were just talking um, with uh, the guys from African. Don't Get yeah. Lost about this. I uh, can't remember the name of it, oh but. Anyway, so I would watch that as a kid and 
they they would focus on different teams. Oh, it's gonna kill me that I don't know the name. And uh, they would always say, oh, these are Ironman like triathletes that you know have trained for this event. A lot of them seem to be endurance sports. And I remember sitting there as a kid, being like, I want to do that. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's not that I'm gonna necessarily do that, but I I think it's really funny how as a kid. I wanted to do an Ironman, and then I ended up doing one, which yeah. is kind of yeah. neat. That little seed was yeah, kind of planted, sure. and then it came back and grew from there. Yeah, because at uh, that time I was just playing like tons of team sports, but to you know make that sort of connection later was kind of cool. Yeah, I think there's tons of value in in having that multi-sport background, uh, you know, as opposed to just specializing and diving right yeah. into exclusively running right off the hop, right? So, you know, maybe one of the reasons that you were able to do an Ironman injury-free, you know, first go around, yep. maybe that comes from that solid Absolutely. base and foundation, right? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, now you see that all the time, I'm sure, in your current field. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's, uh, <clears throat> you can't, I always have clients that, you know, have had a previous sport past. They've done lots of sports as kids, and you see that how, you know, they do have that base when you train them. They do have sort of that natural ability to pick up things a little bit more, even if it's a different sport, so... Yeah, you can see how it translates. Yeah, I know there's 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 research indicating in in uh, in kids the the most important time for developing bone density, right? You know, the big the biggest impact on where you're going to end up later in life is kind of that that exposure to jumping and and impact activity. In multi those directions. Years. Yeah, multi directions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh huh. In terms of you know the Ironman, you wanted to go out and do something like individually. Outside of that, was there anything else that really got you hooked on it or, you know, wanted you to continue to coach in it or explore it more? Um, I think the community. Um, at the time, uh, I really enjoyed the triathlon scene a little bit more than I do now. Um, it was very, it was a very new sport. Uh, still, the races were small. You felt the sense of community. Not everybody had the most expensive bike. Everybody was really, like... I raced in the mountain bike probably for the first few. Um, so I really, I like the laid back community um, that came with it. And then I think, yeah, just the social part, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then meeting just different people. I like, I've always been a person that gets along with people that are older than me. And you can, you can see that triathlon attracts people of all ages and all abilities. And I like that too. And yeah. Um, connecting with people that are not necessarily my age, but they can say, oh, this is what I've done, you know, and kind of get some wisdom and point pointers from them. So, yeah, I think it's the community, to be honest, too. Yeah, and I think that's something that's cool about the endurance world. Like, I didn't spend any time in endurance world, and now lately I've been transitioning to it. And it's cool because whether it's running or triathlon, you can you get such a wide range of people that are able to participate. So yep. it's cool to be able to relate with people of all different levels and many different walks of life. It's, exactly. it's kind of a cool thing that you don't necessarily get in a lot of other sports. Like, I played football growing up. No football going on for me right now, and there's no, like – wide range so it's kind of cool to be able to to be in a community like that yeah for sure and i think the coaching part of it just came from me wanting to learn more about how to train for ironman and long distance running coupled with knowing that i could influence and motivate people um so and i it just kind of felt came to me naturally so mm-hmm. and I, I i felt it was a job that i i could get a lot of gratification from 
I am passionate about. I actually want to see people do well, and I am so happy for them when they do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and that you can you can get those vibes for sure. And one of the things I've always really, you know, the short time that we've known each other, appreciated one is that like passion and the the care. You can tell that that's a, that that's there. But the other thing is like your curiosity to learn and your openness to learn has been cool for us because like we've been working together you know, mm-hmm. on with certain mutual clients or just, you know, you being open to some of our thoughts. It's, it's really cool to, to see that. It's always well, fun yeah, to work with that. people. You should always be learning, right? Yeah. And always be open to what other people have to say. And, you know, their expertise is not your expertise. So, yeah, I think it's a very important thing. Have there been any, like, really um, impactful coaches or mentors that you've had over the years? And, if, you know, and, and maybe maybe even if you don't need to mention their names, or you, you can or you can't, but maybe what are some of those, like, lessons or... Um... Um, to be honest, no. I can't... I can't... I really feel like um, I try to provide a unique approach, a very personal approach. Um, there's a lot of people that I read about you know, and their coaching philosophies, but there hasn't been a person that, like, I was sort of, they mentored me, like, mm. you know, physically, so. Yeah, I can relate, I can relate to that, I feel like I don't have, like, one, like, that one mentor, you know, you hear those stories of, like, this mentor yeah. took me and swooped me under his wing and showed me the whole way, I feel like I, I kind of feel similar to you in the sense I've had bits and pieces of people, and, and still this day I have that kind of connection, but I think, you know, mentorship also includes, like, the access to information now, like the podcast that you can listen to, the people that you can read about, like I view that also as mentorship, like latching, oh, on, sure. latching yeah. on to like some of those people that align with what you kind of believe in. Yes, um, I, I definitely agree. I think in, if you if you have sort of um, a wide ranging approach and you you get little bits here and there, then you can kind of make your own. And I'm also stubborn, so I mean, it's it's sometimes it's hard. <laughs> yeah. To mentor somebody like me when I'm, you know, maybe a little more stubborn than they want me to be. So, yeah, but that's that's a good question. I think, I think that's something I should uh, explore more. Yeah, maybe another question, kind of similar to that, could be like, what are your philosophies as a coach, or some of those kind of core things that you really value with your your clients? I think communication is like the number one thing. Like, how are you feeling today? Like, what is what is their state sort of coming in? Um, and then, um, what have, what has their last, like, since the last time I saw them, what have they done, experienced, or that sort of thing. So always, like, being open to communicating with the client and then them feeling like they can communicate with me and tell me, you know, I had a crappy week, I didn't work out, you know, that sort of thing. And then I can adjust things. It makes things so much easier. Or, you know, if they're missing a sh- couple sessions in a row, okay, why are you missing those sessions? Like... Let's let's get you back on track. What can I do to get you back on track? So communication for sure. Um, I think being honest with the client. Like if if there's something that I feel I can't provide them, then I like to make sure that I can give them these resources mm. to go and like for example a nutritionist or a dietitian, yeah. right? Or like a physiotherapist. I can't help you with this. Okay, go to these people and they can or we can work together or whatever so yeah I think that's a, a huge thing of ours so yeah um, yeah those are the two I can think of at the top of my head yeah I mean those are great and we we feel I, I'm assuming I know most of our values are aligned like that's how we would approach it and I think 
I, I just, again, to reiterate, like, the fact that you're willing to, like, you know, refer out or be open to other people. It's it's not as common, I think, in the profession, it's not, right? It's not. And it's so competitive. I feel like we've... I think we've surrounded ourselves with people that think like us. So we just, that's the way it's always been, but it's not like that in a lot of places. So again, like it's just cool to, to be around people that are willing to do that. Because and at the end of the day, my, my, one of my philosophies is that clients should receive the best care. Yeah. Right. So yeah. where does that come from? Not necessarily all for me or and, me at all. Which is, can be hard, right? Yeah, like that course. ego situation oh, yeah. is there too, right? Like exactly. when, when is it okay? It's not about me. It's about them. And, having to step back and remove yourself from the situation, you may actually be holding them back or may not be the exactly. best person for them. And it's a tough, it's a tough thing to, to do. It's yeah, it's tough to do, but it's also like, it comes with experience. Like I think maybe in the early days, I was like, Oh yeah, I can do anything. But yeah. now it's like, no, no, let's slow down. Like, you know, let's make sure we're doing this right. So I think when you put relationships at the center of your care, oh, yeah. I think that that sort of leads you organically into that sort of approach where it's like hey you know what this I, I need some outside advice or get this second opinion or I think this is a good person to help continue moving the needle forward for you right mm, yep. um, but remember I'm always here for you right yep, you know for sure. um, and so we, we often you know as a coach right um, or, or a clinician, you know, you, you just need to be in their corner, right? Yes, you um, do. And, and when, when you have those genuine relationships with people, they know that they know you're in their corner. And so, um, yeah, it's really cool because like when you, when you make those recommendations, you have those relationships, people take them to heart and they follow through on them yep. and, and they get oh, for sure. results. Yes. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, on that kind of idea of, I guess, like <clears throat> results, like what are some things you see people struggle with the most when they're having trouble hitting those goals. I, you know, I'd be curious to hear that. Um, I would say time is always something that people throw out. I don't have enough time uh -huh. to do anything. Um, I think not knowing how to do things or how to put the pieces together in their lives is a huge barrier. Mm -hmm. um, but time is definitely the number one. And even if you break it down for them, they still can come up with a, the, an excuse. That, yeah. You know, they can still watch Netflix for three hours a night or whatever. Yeah. Um, other barriers, yeah, like injury and limitations. I think I work with a lot of adults that maybe have not had the best sort of childhood as far as activity. So, you know, them coming into exercise now you know, it's challenging for them. And I think their confidence is not as high. Um, so you kind of have to, you know, convince them that, yeah, you can do this because I believe that most people can do almost anything. So yeah, um, convincing them that they can do what I asked them to do um, is possible. So confidence is a huge one. Yeah. And it's weird. It's weird because we see this a lot too, is like, people just have this innate like lack of confidence or negativity towards yes. these things. It's like they always, no matter what, lean towards like, I'm not good enough or I'm not strong enough or I'm not, you know, all these negative things when there's no real reason for that. I don't know if it's the way society has like created this mm -hmm. thought around it or what it is, but it does seem like a big part of what we do is like just being optimistic and giving people like hope and then obviously having all the tangible skills to do that. But those are like a big part of it, I think. And people want things like this. They want them quickly. Yeah. So, you know, convincing them that things take time. Like, you know, you're not going to be 
you know, before you start running and you haven't done any activity, you should probably walk for a little bit before <laughs> you start running. Yeah, yeah. And then you got to walk run. I know, I know people that like start off running every day, for example, and then they're toast, yeah. like just injured in seven yeah. days. <laughs> so, no, it's so true. That's so like... it's like, okay, let's start from the beginning and then make sure we're doing this in, you know, a progressive way so that uh, we have success. How do you how do you help people m- manage or overcome that prioritizing idea? Because I think that's what it is. Like the lack of time thing mm-hmm. is like prioritizing it. Is there ways that you try to help people navigate that? Yeah. So I think a big one is sitting them down and being like, "Okay, what's your schedule?" And yeah. then like being like, "Okay, here you could do this, and here you could do that." Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I think can if I get somebody to come in once a week and they see gain so they see that they're feeling better then it's like okay why don't you can you come in twice a week is that possible you know if their you know budget affords them at the time it it does slowly you know snowball into um something that you know is good for their um timetable but also good like what they optimally should be doing like as far as their health so uh it does take time it, it does take like a really frank conversation of what they're really doing with their time. But you also have to break it down and say, okay, you don't have to run. You know, like, oh, I want to be, I want to run a 5K, for example. Well, you don't have to run 5K tomorrow. Why don't you just start off by walking 10 minutes, three times, like breaking it down, like making it manageable at first, mm-hmm. getting them to see the benefits, and then building from there is probably the approach that I use the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 get cool that approach, right? You know, giving it giving it making it manageable for them so that it becomes all of a sudden it's a lifestyle, yeah. right? Um, you know, and I I've seen that in rehab over the years is that you know you get people doing rehab work you know twice a week or three times a week and they created it as part of their routine, right? Yeah. And it, for us, it's a huge opportunity mm-hmm. to like you know transition people to people like you, yeah. where it's like, hey, you know, like you've got momentum here you've carved out this time you're seeing these improvements right yeah. these these are your goals like you know um for sure let, let's make this a wellness approach as opposed to a you know injury um healing approach right and yeah. so it's it's cool having that opportunity to impact people in your case you know creating a life a lifestyle around health or wellness yeah and that's that's what like my husband's a part of this too like Matt and I want to make people healthy. Like we want, Mm -hmm. you know, Joe on the couch to like get off the couch. And even if he walks three times a week for 10 minutes, better than him sitting on the couch for the rest of his life, right? Yeah. I mean, those are goals that he might have and and they're goals and we should, you know, try to get them there, so. And trying to make people understand that it's okay if that's like where you're at or those are your goals. I think people don't think it's okay or they get discouraged or they're not even willing to start because they see like the what they think is like this idea of fitness which makes it hard for them to even get started and one thing that I personally think I've done a better job and learned of is like trying to come out slower and not making it as overwhelming for people when they are trying to make a change because I think even having people come in here is a vulnerable decision to come in here and say hey I need your help and so when that, even just doing that, and then you try to be like, okay, cool, let's, like, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this, because you're excited, but it can be very overwhelming to them. So it's one yes. thing I agree with and I've tried to do better myself is yeah. like slowly 
ease them in. Like, it's not all going to happen in a day. And our goals are not necessarily their goals. Exactly, so they, yeah. They have to align. <laughs> and it's hard sometimes to not to, to take yourself out of it again and be like, hey, this is them, not you. Don't compare your, like, use your experience as their experience. It's yep. different, right? Exactly. Um, Go ahead. Here's oh, it's good. Well, you meant you mentioned that your Matt was uh, part of this. Your husband was part of this. Um, mm-hmm. um, we we've you know dove deep on a lot of things so far, but um, you know why don't you talk a little bit more about about like Run Dundas and the training um, that you sure. do out of your um, amazing facility? So, I I started a run group at actually Momentum when I worked there, um, and it was very successful. Um, so I thought that. It's something that we should continue to do because it was drawing people that would necessarily not run to come out and start learning how to run. And we thought that was cool. And it was a natural, like, like I, I said earlier, I was coaching uh, the Blast Triathlon Club for a few years. And um, that was very motivating. And some of those people, you know, referred people to the run club. So it's just sort of like this natural thing. Okay, we're just gonna do our own business. Let's continue with the run club. And the other thing was the community part. We wanted to have a community part of our business and this was the best way to do that, we thought. Um, so yeah, we decided to do the run club. It's twice a week. We give them homework to do. Um, and it's, it's geared for everybody. If somebody says to me, oh, I can only walk and I wanna join your run club, we're not gonna say no. If they're gonna get out and walk more because of the run club and the social part, then fantastic. If they're run walking and they don't wanna run and they just wanna run walk, that's fine too. So, I mean, we do, it's very hard to manage in that it's all different levels, but we've, I think we've done a, a decent job of giving workouts for every sort of ability each time that we go out. Um, and Matt coaches mostly Saturdays and I do mostly uh, Wednesdays and he's really found his stride. He really enjoys it. So he's going to take more courses and, and get to know more. He's, he doesn't have a science background, so it's a little bit more um, of a demand for him. So I just sort of tell him what to do right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, as far as like, why are we doing this sort of thing? He knows yeah. how to run a, you know, run a practice, but... As far as like why are we you know doing a long run like what's what are the adaptations and stuff you know right. that sort of thing he's still learning and that's great and he's gonna continue to learn that but he likes the the social aspect of it and he's a good runner so it's and, he, and he's male so it's nice to have female and male you know so I think you know it's a good fit for us to do it that way you guys have done a great job creating community I mean well before we started started the movement I you know, I, you know, pre-COVID, I'd, I'd see your squad in there Saturday mornings at Domestique in yes. the old spot. Um, you know, if, you know, the, the, as much as people come out for the run on Saturday, I think people come out for the, it seemed to me at least, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, they come, come out as much for that, that social aspect that, you're, sure. that Matt sort of uh, appreciates so much on Saturday. Right. Yeah, so, you know, the, the whole coffee thing after, I mean, it's been dampened a little bit with COVID and people, you know, not wanting to hang out in the group. And I, I totally get that. Uh, but we hope that with, you know, vaccinations and everything that we can continue to do that. And we used to do like dinners and stuff and other social things and, you know, go to races as a group, that sort of thing. So we want to bring that all back. We did do a race last uh, session uh, where we hosted our own race. So that was cool. That was unique for us. So I think, you know, 
it's the community part, like the coffee part is really important, but we need to kind of get this COVID thing over with so we can do, do it in a bigger group yeah. and more comfortably, I guess would be the word. And I know, like, I think speaking to like the community that you've built, like one, us doing some stuff for you guys, like the, your community is on, like they're engaged and they're, yeah, they're willing sure. to learn. And that's obviously a testament to like your values dripping down into them, which is so cool. Thank you. Um, and then the other thing is I know throughout COVID, obviously that was a shift for you as a coaching business and all oh, that. Yeah. But I know like your community has been very well like committed to you. So yes, maybe sure. you could speak to like how that little bit of like how that went and how you managed that throughout this, this uncertain time that we've been in for a year now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the first lockdown was the hardest. It's like, okay, what's going on here? You know, how, what can we do? So there are literally a couple nights where it's like, okay, how, how am I going to keep my clients moving? Because that was the number one thing. So we did virtual and like right away, like let's get this, even if this, you know, thing goes away in two weeks, let's say, we're going to get in there. We're not going to take a two week break. So I think that was important. And mm. then I think that let us let our clients know that we were committed to them and keeping them going. Um, mm. I did, we did have to convince a few people like virtual is worth your time because there is a, you know, sort of a bias as to, oh, maybe it's not as good. I'm sure you guys came across, or, mm. you know, um, went through that as well. And then, yeah, so the virtual thing was fine. And then we went back to indoors. And then the second lockdown, you know, in talking to clients, I think them actually physically coming out and socializing, even if it's me <laughs> or, or Matt, you know, I think that was a huge um, game changer because people were getting a social component as well as exercise. And actually some one of my clients said, and outdoors, sunshine and whatever yeah. at the same time. Uh, it was like, there was some minus 15 days yeah, I was going to say, let's like qualify said, that it was midwinter. Yeah, midwinter. <laughs> um, I was dragging the stuff out early in the morning. My neighbors were like, okay, <laughs> what is she doing? Yeah. But they, they obviously knew. So, I mean, like it was, a, it was a big adjustment to always go, okay, virtual, then indoors again, yeah. and then outdoors, and outdoors, and it's freaking cold, and I'm layering, and... <laughs> And I'm not, I'm cold, everybody else is warm, but it, like, I have such loyal clients, great clients. I think in my head, I was like, we got to keep these people moving. Mental health, 100%. Yeah. For their mental health, if anything. And uh, yeah, it was very successful. I'm so happy we did it, so. It's great because when, you know, this passes, like reflecting back on that is going to be so cool for you and for your, your clients. And honestly, it's probably going to be such a big builder between the two of you that it's going to be so much like such a good thing for your, your coaching business and just your community in general. So it's, it's, it's awesome. For sure. And I had uh, like one or two clients even after we went back into red and after we went back indoors say, Oh, I, I still want to do outdoor. <laughs> So, yeah. But the backyard, you know, it, it's taken a beating a little bit, <laughs> yeah. and it's like the the thawing, you know, more ice and more mud, so it's it's not the best. So, and actually, the timing was perfect. Yeah, know? that's good. <laughs> um, okay, to kind of transition here, we're gonna do some rapid fire fun yep. questions. Okay, so first one we'll kick it off with is your biggest running related accomplishment. Um. I'm going to say the, the marathon. No, no, no. I'm not going to say that. Uh -uh. I'm going to say Sulphur Springs. Um, me and a group of 
other people. Uh, we did the Sulphur Springs, we did the Relay, and uh, we all had to run 20K, and I ran it in the middle of the night um, from 12 a.m. to 3, 3 a.m., um, and, and Matt ran like 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., we're the only ones with kids on this team. <laughs> we were toast, but it was dark. It was so muddy. It was the year that it just poured rain. Oh, yeah. It was the muddiest. <laughs> I fell down a million times. But the sense of accomplishment after that, oh, my God. It was awesome. It, even more than, like, the Ironman or, you yeah, know, a yeah. marathon that I've done. So that was good. That cool. was a rugged year. Way to go. Oh, That's... yeah. <laughs> Uh, we we often ask like people their favorite cafe, but I think we already referenced it. <laughs> we, we, yeah. Um, but uh, what about your favorite local restaurant? Oh, I didn't prepare for this. Okay. That's why it's rapid fire. I know. It's on the spot. Uh, favorite restaurant. Um. This is where the long pause comes in. That's okay. It's it's hard because like there's I've heard there's so many good places like people are just firing right now India, Indian Village. Oh, that's been said before for mm -hmm. sure. Someone recently just mentioned that on the yeah. podcast. Yeah, it's a good one. I I, I eat out too much apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we do not. What about um? Uh, what about your favorite run loop locally or like whether it's trail or road loop? Like what's your? Okay. Um... Can I do both? The road loop, yeah. like we call it the Dundas loop. You go up Coots, you turn right on Main, and then you come down Osler, and that's like a 6K route. Nice. Um, and then um, in the trails, I really like the Spring Creek Trail. Um, and then coming back on the rail, it's just a 5K. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was the one that rail will... Trail. We, we usually do it the other direction. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So you can go up the rail trail, come back Spring Creek. Uh, and... Through Warren Park and such, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's great though. Or you could start at, right at the playground and do, it's a 5K loop with the rail trail. Cool. I like that for a nice, you know, quick 5K type thing. Yeah. Um, who would be someone you think we should talk to on the, on the podcast that would be good for, for Move Local? Um, maybe uh, from Momentum, Darren. Oh, we had Darren. Oh, Talk, you had Darren. We talked to Darren mm -hmm. once, yeah. We okay. want, want to have oh, a that's right, you did. I'm yeah, sorry. That's okay. Uh, it, it was a good conversation. He's a great... Jackie. Movie. Jackie from... Uh, uh, what's her... Milne? Yes. Jackie Milne. Oh, yeah. Love yes. It. Definitely. Yeah, good thought. Her. Jackie is awesome. Yeah. She's had to... She's pivoted a couple times, too, here, which is... Yeah. Have her. Okay. She's got a great community I'm, of people. I'm about that. Um, okay, last question here. What does, uh, what does Move Local mean to you? So, movers and shakers, I get that from Move Local, so people in the community that are trying to make the community better, and maybe health-wise, so I think that was what came to mind, and also um, just having the community move, like as far as exercise, those are the two things, yeah. so movers and shakers and exercise. Cool. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on. It was a great conversation. I loved it. Um, maybe let people know where they can follow you on Instagram sure. or even maybe your website uh, where people can just, if they want to work with you or learn more about you guys. Where for they can sure. Find so, uh, plachecicoaching.ca is our website. Uh, at rundundas is our Instagram for um, our run group. Um, at Christina Plachecki with a K is uh, my personal Instagram. Um, yeah.
I won't give my phone number though. So. That's okay. <laughs> Don't have to do that. <laughs> but uh, we'll have them on the show. Next <laughs> yeah, time. yeah, we'll link your, Yeah, we'll put your phone number there. Even no. though it's on the website, um, else. But no, th- thanks so much for coming on. It was, it was great, and you know we've loved to be able to connect with you and the community, and we, we do really look forward to seeing what you know going into the spring and the summer brings, getting back out there, running, all that awesome. kind of stuff. We you know we'd love to continue to to work with you. So it's great. Fun. Thank you so much for having me.